just share some of these testimonies. But let me first start off by saying that, uh, first of all, we're glad you're here so that you can hear these testimonies. For our church, uh, it's, it's huge because this is the first time for everyone up here except for Anna and myself. Everybody else, first time. So um, the Bible tells us this in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. Let me just read that to you. This was, it's called the Great Commission. How many are familiar with the Great Commission? And as believers, we should be. Listen to these words. Starting in verse 18, it says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of this age. But the important thing there is that we all understand that not only are we to evangelize here in American Canyon, Napa, Vallejo, the surrounding areas, bring coats to the homeless, affect them in those areas, but we're to go into other nations as well. And so our church, Foothill Christian, and we're a part of Foothill Christian American Canyon campus, we have gone every year, and some of us have gone for 17 years now. That's when it started. And so the beautiful thing is, when you go for the first time, it's just amazing what you see, what you do. How many know that there are hungry people in other countries that don't have Kaiser? They don't have Queen of the Valley. They don't have a clinic they can run to. In fact, they don't even know where their next meal is going to come from often. They, you'll, see, you'll see people, adults, kids with shoes that look like they should have been thrown away last year. And we go and we, uh, we bring 2,000 pairs of shoes. We purchase them down there. So there's 2,000. This year there were 2,400 pairs of shoes. And then we feed people. So the church down there that we support, that we helped build back in 2003 is named Iglesia Familia de Dios, a church family of God. We call it the Baja Family Outreach. We built that church and we support them. And they make all these hot dogs that morning. So part of our crew yesterday, our Napa church, was there with the church, helping at 5 o'clock in the morning, making hot dogs for this event, getting the punch together that we're going to be serving to hopefully over 1,000 people. We were hoping for 2,000. However, the weather was uh, not cooperating. Um, we got wet. Most everybody got wet. I think my brother got the wettest. So, um, so, but it was still, even though it's raining, you're not even paying attention to the elements because you're so focused on the task at hand. That didn't discourage almost a thousand people from coming. They got wet too. They were standing in line for hours, standing in line waiting to get into this free event. How many here, raise your hands, have you been to this event? I know some of you here have been to this event. So you know what I'm talking about. You saw the video. It was still held in the same location under that huge uh, canopy. It's out right next door to the gymnasium. There's a huge gymnasium that they no longer want us to use because they installed a new hardwood floor and they don't want us to get that floor scratched up. So they basically kicked us out. Last couple of years, the year before last, we had it on a baseball field located right next door. And then this past February when we went, because last December was canceled because of the border crossing. 
So in February, when we went, we held it in the same event. And just uh, this past Thursday, we all flew down there, all of us, our party, right here. Southwest Airlines took us down to San Diego. We drove across the border to Rosarito, uh, where we checked in to the Rosarito Beach Hotel, right on the water. Uh, a fairly old historic hotel that we stay at every year. And then from there, we drive back up 30 minutes, back up to Tijuana. And we minister in Tijuana. And so I wanted to take the time today, uh, because some of the stories you'll hear today, um, you know, I'm just trying to hold it together right now. I'm just thinking of it. Let's out. Sorry, bro. I know. I've been the same way. Right before we came up here, I go... He's my brother, Lord, and I've known him for a long time. Hey, Mark, can I, can I add one yeah. more one other thing? Sorry, um, for our children today, we weren't going to have children's church because I wanted to have my wife up here. But we have our table back here, and Bianca's going to go back there right now with them. Uh, our children, if you want to go back here, there's a table back here. We've got some activities for you right now. So go on over there. Give our kids a big hand. Sorry about that. Go ahead, brother. And always love them. They are very important. Um, he's my brother-in-law, and I've known him for a long time, but he is my pastor. And right before this, I, I just had to bend over and say, if I, if I don't tell you enough, and I know I told him all week, all week long, if I don't tell you enough, I love you, brother. I love you very much. I love the group that we went through. The first thing that impacted me was seeing where people lived. With, it was, even, even though it wasn't a dump, here we would have considered it a dump area. On hillsides that were basically 45 degree angle. Even worse than that. Lean-tos that were made out of cardboard. Two bedroom, three bedroom little homes out of cardboard. And when it started raining, it impacts even more because it's like, okay, you don't want to be on top because it's going to slide down, erosion. You don't want to be down at the bottom because all the garbage is going to, you know, where are you going to be? But then when you see these same people that live in that same area, and they come, and the little kids, they don't know. They're happy. From the first night that we were giving out little prizes and little candies and hot dogs and drinks, they were happy. And yes, they were, and, and when I got to speak to some, how many of you have been here at least 10 years? Some of them have been there all 15 years, or whatever years it's been. What God does for you, and I've always heard it, and you always hear it, you gotta go to the mission field because that's where you're gonna get blessed. This is what I want to do. I'm not saying that God's calling me to, to that ministry right now. I'm not saying what I'm saying though is it opened my eyes to what I already knew that Satan somehow likes to make me think of other things. I don't have a good job. I don't have a good place to stay. I don't have a good car. Um, my life's not right now. Maybe I'm not married. Maybe this isn't right. Maybe the, you know. And then you see them, and, and you see how happy they are when they come. Because all they're receiving are some shoes, maybe a hot dog and a drink. But I saw these brothers and sisters praying with different people and the people crying. I mean, there's Christians there that they know about God and they're crying and they're happy. There were people that didn't know about God. And the people that are up here, they got to minister and make a difference. You see little kids with their families. You see a dad, hardened dad, who I remember just praying for him and I didn't know if I was telling him anything he needed to hear at the time, but I go, God, help help him be a better man. Help him be a better husband. A better... And then you see them break down the husband and the wife because you know that you're hitting somewhere. 
And then when you see a hard guy with tattoos and, you know, with a, with a mean look on his face because he really doesn't want to hear anything that's going to break him down, and he just hugs you and starts crying back. I had such a blast. Amen. I had such a blast. I got to translate for a, a bunch of the ministers, and I had a blast. I, I'm going again, and I encourage yeah. you to go again. Oh, and there I am. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm going again, and it was my second time ever translating. Translating by myself when I'm trying to see if I can do it from Pastor Rick down there, it's easy. But when you get in front of people and there's close to a thousand, it, it's a little nerve-wracking, but there's nothing I like doing than to be able to help. Help Amen. my pastors, help my brothers that are here, help you guys. I just want to keep doing that. And my last prayer yesterday, as I was leaving, was, Lord, change me. Even more so. Yeah. Make me a better person. Make me be somebody that's worth their while. Just change me more. Because looking back, I'm not happy with who I am. I'm not doing enough for God. I complain too much. I falter too much. I fail too much. And it's not because God has failed me. It's because I want to fail. It's because I don't want to do it. It's because I don't want to hurt. And I thank God that, and I kept telling Pastor Rick, I haven't told you, and I told him three, five times a day, if I haven't told you enough, thank you for bringing me. Amen. I'm glad you came. Amen. Thank you, Martin. Give him a big hand. really uh, impressed upon you how great he did at interpreting. He killed it. He did an amazing job. He, um, that particular instance there where he was interpreting, that, that is Laura G. right there on the video you're watching behind us. Her husband, her late husband who passed away of cancer about four years ago, founded this whole missions trip that we go on. He's the one that saw a city dumb and had the vision to create a church there. And it's been revitalized now. There's shopping centers there now. There's development going on. But in the places where we go, down in the canyon, the homes are still in, in a miserable shape. You've been there. You know how it, how it looks. So in the meantime, he's interpreting there. He interpreted for the minister there, Pastor Jared Castro and Tabita. And um, it was just a great, great time. He interpreted for Pastor Steve while he was uh, speaking in English. Yeah. And two young men that gave testimony. So he just did an awesome, amazing, amazing job. So thank you so much, Mark, because that was a huge blessing. Amen. Next, I know we have uh, Lori Mendez, my sister-in-law, who went for the very first time as well. And so, Lori, tell us how this trip impacted you, maybe what you were expecting or how it came out different. I mean, how did it impact you directly? <laughs> um, I was surprised at how at the conditions there I mean I haven't done a lot of traveling but I've been to places where I've seen some really poor communities but this was by far the worst thing I've seen um, and where, where have you been? what other places have you been? Um, I've been to Cambodia and Vietnam and Jamaica like up in the hills in Jamaica, and like there's some places that you probably wouldn't want to live, but this yesterday, or last couple days in Tijuana was the worst I've seen. Mm -hmm. the, um, yeah, the garbage, the garbage just running down the hill, it's like, it's 
almost like they just throw their garbage out and it just, you can see it in the hills. Um, and the water running down, which, you know, we weren't sure it was all water. <laughs> Very true. So we were being careful where we were walking. Um, so I think that was kind of a, a shock, I guess, because you hear about it, but until you see it, you don't really understand that people are living like this. Yes. Um, uh, and the other thing was I did see um, on the, just seeing everybody waiting in the pouring down rain for shoes. Yes. Because I was thinking, I would never do that. You know, like, I'd be like, no, I'm out, I'm going home. Um, they were waiting for hours in the pouring down rain, and then right as we were, everybody was coming in and we were greeting them, it was really pouring. Yes. And all the little old ladies, I think that they struck me the most, all the abuelas. They were just so happy. They, yes. You because know, I made sure, you know, I was soaking wet, I made sure that I greeted them and held their hand and, yes. and hugged them, and they were just so happy and Amen. smiling. Yes. And to see the little kids um, kind of taking care of each other, taking care of their brothers and sisters. Yes. So, um, it is amazing. Uh, and the one, you know, I, you had said, Pastor Steve had said, connect with somebody, you'll connect with yes. somebody. And I don't know that I really did. Um, I joked the, the first <laughs> Friday night that, um, Oh, I connected with somebody. I connected with this dog. I want this dog. She had a broken leg, and she was the cutest, sweetest thing ever. And I'm like, I just want to take her home. But I ended up talking to a boy who told me the dog's name, and I can't remember her name, but he told me that was his dog. And then the mom and the grandma said, yeah, that's our dog, that's our dog. So the next day, when these thousands of people are coming in, the boy came up to me, and and I recognized him. And I'm like, oh, you're the one with the dog. So I guess that was kind of a connection, yeah, and it was, it was over a dog. Yes, that's good. So, exactly. Um, yeah, that was that was great. And then I have to say, just the other thing is that, um, you know, Pastor Pastor Rick's saying, and that that this is true. Um, he's a great driver. I felt totally safe with him driving around, but you know, he we went on vacation with him last summer, and you know, he said when you travel with the father, you get the blessings of the father. And I want Pastor Rick to, I'm going to travel with him every time I travel somewhere now. So, um, All right, thank you. It was great. So, thank you very much. Give her a big hand. didn't connect, but you really did connect, yeah. connected with the owner of that dog, and so you've got a vision, you may not have even gotten his name, even if you didn't get his name, you have someone that you can be praying for, pray for him and that dog and that family, because you saw the mother as we walked by their home um, on the way from that outreach Friday night, so again, you did connect with somebody, and um, what were you doing, uh, were you serving food, were you in the shoes? Just kind of share a little um, bit about that too um, when you did. Well, I was greeting people when they were coming in, mm -hmm. um, and then I kind of didn't really know what to do. But yeah, I'm like, oh, I went over the food to okay. help, to help do the food and yeah. serve the food. And the other thing about that is these hot dogs were made like hours before they're given out, yes. and they're cold. 
and these people are like so happy to have this hot dog. Yes, yes. I mean, these, you know, these hot dogs weren't anything like Costco hot dogs. They no. were, they were just these cold wrapped up hot dogs. Food. These people were so grateful to have them. Thank you. Thank you. It's the love that they're receiving from each of us. That's what. That's what is a blessing. It's not a hot dog. It's not a new pair of shoes. All those are just material things. But it's the love that's coming generously and freely given. Ruma, how did this trip uh, for you as a first timer? How did this trip impact you? Well, it was, it's definitely an eye-opening experience. You know, just from driving, like Martin was saying, driving and just seeing the. The, the poor living conditions and uh, your heart breaks. You know, just uh, it just I just get choked up just thinking about it. You know, but they just these people just have such a uh, they're just so happy. They're so happy to to um, have what they have. You know, yes. We we are truly blessed. Yeah. To yes. have what we have. Amen. You know. Amen. You know, it just. Uh, yeah, and you know, and just to see these people just crying in the front rows, you know, just when the when the praise and worship is going on, they just they're just crying and they're just, they're just hungry for the Lord, you know, and it's just it's just amazing to see that, you know, and uh, I'm hooked. Yeah, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm going yeah. back. You know, yeah, you know, it's just uh, we had an amazing time, you know, and there's just there's just so much stuff to do. You know, we um, from the greeting to the setting up to uh, everything. You know, and I know I was signed up to do like one thing, but I ended up doing like five or six different That's things right. because there's just so much stuff to do. Yes. You know, and it's just it's just amazing. It's just amazing. People are amazing there. You know. Yeah. Amen. Hey Thank you. Give them a big. happened in February as well is in past years we had been getting the groups of up to 120, 140 people that would come down. Some of you that have gone in the past would remember that we'd have over 100 people there. Well, the last three times we've been there, actually the last two times we've been there, there's only been 40-some people. Last February when we went, it was 41, I believe. This year was at 47, 48 people that went from all of our churches. So we're getting... A third, sometimes in certain cases, a third of what we've gotten in the past. So as Ruben pointed out, we're doing multiple things. It's not just in, like in the past you were assigned, do this and then go over here. Um, now you're, you're just filling a need. So it's just like everyday life. You see a need, go fill it. That's all God expects of any of us. And it's a blessing to see it because the people there appreciate it and they love it. Because we go there willingly to go bless them, and they appreciate that. Amen? So how about, Anna, how about you? What did uh, this trip, and you've been on this trip I've probably been on times. maybe four or five of them. Oh, no, way, way more than that. More. Yeah, way more than that. Probably That's at least good. double. It's been quite a bit. Yeah. But you know, this trip was <clears throat> extremely, extremely special to me. Um, I know a lot of the history of... Um, the people that are in charge of this of this trip, like Pastor Laura, she lost she lost her husband. You know, and I just think and look at her because they prayed, 
they prayed and prayed for her husband to be healed, but God only knows why it was his time to go. And I see this strong woman continuing and carrying the torch that was her husband's desire to be able to minister to these poor people out there. And I see her without missing a beat. She's there doing what her husband loved doing, and she's taking his place, and she's continuing and loving these people. And then I see Tabitha, the pastor's wife, um, something between them two horribly happened, and he ended up leaving, or they got a divorce, and all of a sudden this woman is stuck stuck leading, I say stuck because she knows that God has called her and she wasn't about to back out, so now she's responsible for this church. But there again, never once took her eyes off of God. And they see the faithfulness of God. And they see how our churches continue to come together and support them. Our purpose there is to love on the people and, and talk to them and show them the love of God. And I just saw how Everybody working together, and we all have problems. Nobody has the perfect life. You know, at times we can all get discouraged because that's the enemy's job to come to kill and destroy us. Um, but keeping your eyes on Jesus and knowing that God is never going to ever leave you alone. Amen. He's always there and he's always going to bring other Christian people alongside of you to continue to encourage you. Yes, so that's yeah. one of the things that really spoke to my heart is I could see kind of everyone from afar and everyone doing what God has called them to do is just very exciting for me. The other thing, praying for the moms, which really touched my heart, there was this lady that, that we ended up praying for her and I had asked her, what could we, how could we pray for you? And she says, I have three adult sons that are all disabled and in wheelchairs. And I'm thinking, my God, it's just so hard. But yet here that mom was to get shoes and she wanted prayer. I know we serve a God of miracles. It's not in our time, but I know we do serve a God, God of miracles. So she is someone that, that I took a picture of her because I don't remember people that well sometimes. Um, but I will continue to pray for her. And hopefully next year, when I go back, I can find her and, and you know, hear the miracles that the Lord has done in her life. Amen. Give her a big hand. One of the, one of the things that um, she touched on, the fact that her the pastor there, Pastor Tabitha, her husband left her four years ago. They were divorced four years ago. Just left her. So here she took over this church and was running it by herself, essentially with the help of the people there. And then uh, about two years ago, she got in touch somehow uh, with a childhood friend that she knew, this young man named Jareth, or Jareth in Spanish, Castro. Really nice guy, really nice guy. Never been married, preacher's kid, minister's kid, doing his life for serving God. And they lived in uh, another part of uh, Mexico, I believe in Ensenada. Um, the other side of Tijuana. Other side of Tijuana, Tijuana okay. Yeah. So, but they had not been in touch for years since they were childhood friends. Well, one thing led to another. They're married. Now they have a, a baby who was just born a couple of months ago. And, and, and yes, Pastor Steve presented her this morning, dedicated her this morning at the church service there in uh, Tijuana, Mexico. Or Tijuana, Mexico. So he has stepped in and he's the minister that right there on the left-hand side and the right-hand side, he's ministering there. 
This man is a sold out man for God. He has a, a heart for the people of God. He wasn't living in the conditions that are in this canyon. He was in a much better place. Yet God will call you sometimes out of your comfort zone into a place where only you can fulfill that position. And that's what this man is doing. He's a very talented man, musician, uh, guitarist. His whole family is musically gifted. Um, his brother and his uh, worship team led the, the worship. His brother did right there. And um, we just had a marvelous time because of their prayers, because of their leadership down there. And we come just to support them. Like Anna said, we're, we're there supporting them and just connecting with people. So uh, another first-time person would be Brenda Quirk. And we're so glad that each of you came. Uh, each of you just had a wonderful time and a wonderful experience. So Brenda, tell us how your experience was. What what did you receive? How did you connect? And what did this trip mean to you? Now? I think it was much better for me than it was for those. Um, I was I benefited more by being there than people benefited by seeing me there. Let's put it that way. But um, it was just uh, absolutely wonderful, like you were saying about the um, the people that are called yes. to be there. Um, I can't remember the young lady's name that played the guitar at the church the first night we went to um, church. Brianna. Brianna. Brianna, that's yes. right. Um, she is, you know, she could be any one of us. She's completely an American, but her um, sister had been on a, a missions trip when Brianna was very young, and so her sister says, okay, you know what, you gotta go. And she saved. There she is in the back playing yeah, the guitar. She saved. Uh, her sister saved money. Her teenage sister saved nine hundred dollars to send her from Ohio on a missions trip. And um, she was so moved by the experience that she ended up going again and staying a little bit longer, and then going again and staying a little bit longer, and finding that she, at one point she just felt like she couldn't leave. And so now uh, Tijuana, the dumps. That's our home. Yes. Amen. Yeah. And I'm telling you, being there, I can totally see how it can happen. If you don't have any friends here, go to the dumps in Tijuana. You're going to make a whole lot of friends. Yes. I definitely felt like I did. Um, and that, that first night at church, that was amazing. And Martin was amazing. Now, obviously, I don't speak Spanish, and I barely understand it, but I could tell that he was doing an amazing job because when he was translating for um, Pastor Steve, which was pretty funny because Pastor Steve's got jokes that aren't necessarily easy to translate, yes. but Margaret was managing, and you could tell by the way the crowd reacted that they got it. Yes. So, good job, Martin. But the music was so good. Oh my goodness, like I said, no Spanish, but I know when people are praising the Lord, and man... That was some good music at church yes. that night. And then um, the outreach um, the next day um, in town. Oh, that was amazing, too. Just to see the children's faces light up over not, you know, getting, you know, the latest pair of uh, Jordans or whatever is out now, but just receiving a simple gift, a little hacky sack or something like that, like little um, uh, Miguel did, a um, cute little... Baby boy, oh my gosh, with the hazel eyes and a big smile, and he was happy to play catch with me, even though I didn't throw very well. He was like, 
it's okay, you know, we'll keep playing. <laughs> so I just had a good old time out there with him and just, you know, just giving little gifts to these children and appreciating them so much. And, uh, and when it came time to uh, win the money, everybody was excited, not just We were the doing kids. a raffle. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we talked to some wonderful people. I mean, I didn't um, necessarily communicate with words, but let me tell you, there's more than one way to communicate Amen. with people. And I definitely felt like uh, the communication was not uh, a problem at all. And then uh, doing our main um, event, uh, just uh, seeing so many people come in, like you said, after having been in these lights and it's raining, and you're thinking, wow, this is a lot that they're doing just to get a pair of shoes. But then, as the singing begins, and then the preaching begins, and then the altar call begins, you realize that, yeah, you know, shoes are nice, but that's not the only reason that they were there. That's right. They, you know, I know the Bible says that we're supposed to make disciples. I think most of those people were already disciples. They were just there for a Holy Ghost party. Mm -hmm. And they got one because the music was also really good there. You saw the party going on. But that altar call went on forever. The poor worship team got worn out. It was great. I loved every moment. I wanted to shake every hand. I wanted to hug everybody that was willing to receive a hug. And, um... I'm hooked as well. I'm so looking forward to going back and I have to say, sorry, I'm emotional, sorry. Pastor, thank you. You're such a good pastor. Pastor is always on the job. Always. He never stops. He's making sure that everybody Okay, at all times, it was like <laughs> I never feel that safe not traveling with my husband. I always meet my husband around when I'm traveling. But I felt safe in circumstances that I would not have felt safe in before. I mean, not to say, don't get me wrong, these uh, being poor in Mexico and being poor here, that's two, two totally different things. Those people were, were poor, but they were not materialistic. And when you're materialistic like we are in this country, that's why you don't want to be in a poor area in this country, because poor people are still materialistic. And so you have it, they want it. And that is why it's unsafe in poor areas yes. in America. Yes. But not there. That's a whole different experience there. But... Um, Anyway, I just, I'm, we are blessed with this man. We really are. Thank you, Pastor. Yeah, thank you, Brenda. It's so true um, in terms of being safe down there. Uh, the, the media out here creates such a negative uh, reaction that where we go, it's so safe. And I would encourage you, if you want to consider doing this next year, join us. But the other ways you can help us out, though, is, is giving towards this cause. We're, we try to raise $40,000 to do this trip every year. Not just our church, but the, the combination of churches that go. We try to raise 40000 
Uh, and I'll just share this. Between Foothill and Napa, we contribute quite a bit of that. Okay? I'll just tell you that right there. Yeah. Um, but how you, that's how you can help, is with your donations. And if you ever want to give, if you feel the Lord is leading you to give, just fill out one of our envelopes and put on there, missions trip. And it'll be designated only for that trip. Pastor Rick, Pastor Steve, any of our we can't use it for any other designation except for that. It goes into a fund for that purpose only. We can't touch it for anything else. So I would encourage you that way or just pray for that trip. Because see what they're all saying about the wonderful things that they saw. And that altar call truly is amazing because hundreds go up to the front. Hundreds are praying there and seeking a salvation for the very first time. I personally led, it was at least six people to the Lord for the very first time there. There were other prayer altar workers like myself leading people to the Lord for the first time. When you ask them, have you ever received the Lord into your, have you ever asked the Lord into your heart? Have you ever uh, said a sinner's prayer or anything like that? They weren't familiar with that. So while there were many people that were church people, there were many more there that were hungry. You saw the tears during worship. We saw the tears especially during the sermon message. They were tearing up because the power of conviction, the power of the anointing of the Holy Spirit was falling on each of these people. And here we are as prayer altar workers, myself, Anna, we're waiting on the side here, and you can see these tears just streaming down. People just desperately wanting more of what was being spoken. Because the pastor began to share, he first started off with his testimony. This pastor that you saw preaching there in this video, Pastor Hadith, he began preaching how God had healed him as a young boy. He was in a wheelchair. Healed him. That wheelchair was no longer needed. Here was a young boy who was brought to Shriners Hospital in L.A. to have an operation on his hip because he was going to have operations every five months. And his father at this point was an alcoholic, gangbanger. He's now a minister, by the way. At that time, he was an alcoholic. Didn't want to have nothing to do with God. Didn't believe in God. But in his desperation, he cried out and said, Lord, if you're really real, if you're real, I want you to heal my boy. And I will turn my life around. And I will begin to serve you. Make you number one in my life. And guess what happened? God healed his boy. When they went to Shriners Hospital, the doctors called him and said, Are you the father of Hadith? He said, We need to talk to you. And his heart started pounding because all of a sudden all these doctors came around. And he's he's fearing the worst. Here's a man fearing the worst for his young boy. And and then they put up these radio the x-rays, images for him to see. He goes, Why did you bring him in? Well, his leg, it's all messed up. You, you guys have been telling me he needs this operation, and every five months he's going to need another operation. Goes, we're telling you, there's nothing wrong with this boy. Yeah, and from that good. moment on, because he started telling his dad, Dad, I feel, I feel good. I, I don't have that pain anymore. And they threw that wheelchair away. He never used that wheelchair yeah. again. That man can walk, can run, can do anything that you and I can do. And from that moment on, his father... Gave his heart to the Lord because he was convinced there is a God that loves him. Amen. A God that loves his child. Amen. So that was the first part of his testimony of his message. The second part focused on how much God loves them, the people he was preaching to. Because here's what I know. 
I didn't get saved until I was in my mid-20s. Nobody before my life, in my entire life, up until the age of 20, had ever shared the gospel to me. The age of 20, somebody shared the gospel to me here in the United States. Now that's a common thing here. We have radio, we have podcasts, we have internet, we have, and so we're inundated with gospel messages now. Over there, not so much. So there's people that have never heard the gospel, never, never been invited to take a step forward and invite the Lord into their life. And so some of these people are hearing it for the very first time in their life. You and I can't imagine that. Because we get a knock on the door from somebody at some point, get tracks passed out. Just tune, tune in a channel by accident and you hear a message. Over there, not so much. So it was just amazing the hunger and desire, in my opinion, this was the most powerful year yet. Why do I say that? Because there was a hunger and a desire in the people there because they connected with the message, with the pastor there of that church, communicating to them how much God loved them. Because God loved that little boy. That he saved him, that he, that he healed him. And, and that's the wonderful thing again. They don't have Kaiser down there. You know, he was fortunate to have been sent to Shriners Hospital, but they don't have Kaiser down there. They don't have clinics down there. They're relying on straight up 100% faith, miracles happening. And it was happening all around us. Marriages were being healed right in front of us. I was talking to a couple. We led them both to Christ. And then another guy was helping me pray for this couple. And their marriage was being restored right in front of them as tears were pouring out of both of their eyes. They were just looking into each other's eyes as we were having them just reconcile with each other. I mean, it was just beautiful. It was, it was amazing. So, again, give our people here a, a big hand. Close. There's a couple things I did want to share. Um, there's a there's a saying that a well-known evangelist, Reinhard Bonnke. Anybody ever heard that name, Reinhard Bonnke? He's the most well-known evangelist of our modern era. Um, we we've all heard of Billy Graham. This this man has reached uh, hundreds of millions of people. Uh, he's from South Africa. He just recently passed away, just last week. But this is what his expression was. He would always say, plunder hell to populate heaven. Plunder hell to populate heaven. Sometimes we got to go into places that you may not feel comfortable in to populate heaven. you got to plunder hell to populate heaven. And then there was this other thing I read just recently. And I've never looked at it this way. And we don't do life, we don't live for Christ for these types of things. But what if? Listen to this quotation, and I don't know who said this, but I read this, that says it this way. What would it be like if there was an applause at the gates of heaven when you arrived from all the people you impacted through the gospel? Makes you wonder. Yeah. Makes you wonder. Again, we don't do it for their applause. We do it because we know there's life eternal, amen? amen. But how many people here are we reaching? You know, again, every one of us here have a circle of influence. You're in Canyon, Vallejo, Napa, Sonoma, wherever life takes you. You have an influence that nobody else in this place has. How many people are we affecting? I'll leave you with that. Amen? Amen. And then I'm going to close at this time with just a, our general prayer. Um, if you would stand with me.
You know, the, the Bible says that um, we are to come and receive from Him. If you've never received from the Lord, He wants to tell you this day, today. And I would invite you to just bow your heads and just concentrate on these words. If you, if you need to hear this again, maybe for the first time or the 101st time. But God wants to have a relationship with you. God loves you. You are His son. You are His daughter. There is nowhere you can go that He does not see you. There is nowhere you can hide that He does not see your pain or sorrow. But throughout all that, He loves you. You are a child of the King of Kings is what I say in this church. Because I want to remind you, you are called out. You're His child. And here's what I want to ask you today. If you haven't given your life to the Lord before, if this is your first time, if you want to say, Lord, I want to have eternity in heaven with you. And if that's you and have never done that before, with every head bowed and eyes closed, if that's you, just raise your hand. I'm going to pray for you right now. see hands. Those that want to recommit their life back to the Lord and say, Lord, from this day forward, I'm going to give you everything I have. I'm not here to play games. I just want you as this song is saying that's playing in the background. I just want you, Lord, and I want more of you. And if that's you, just raise your hand right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. So this is what we're going to do. For those that may be saying this prayer for the first time, I want you to repeat this prayer that I'm going to say, but say it with, with heartfelt words, meaning that these words that you utter, let them come from your heart and from your soul. So let's pray. Father, I come before you this afternoon. I need you. I need nothing but you. I know you went to the cross for me. You died for me. I believe you rose again on the third day. And by me saying this prayer and confessing you as Lord and Savior, I believe you took my sins away. You've forgiven me of my past. Now you've given me a new future. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Look at me right now. If you said that prayer for the first time or if you just renewed that vow, I want to remind you that what God is saying is that He's forgiven you of your past. What you did five minutes before you came in this church, gone. What you did yesterday, gone. What you did last week, gone. Forever. doesn't come back. It's gone forever. Amen? Give my hand clap. Amen. I don't know about you, but every time I hear that prayer, every time I say that prayer, for myself, I am thankful. I am thankful that he doesn't hold my past against me. I'm forgiven because I'm a child of the king, and so are each of you. Amen? Amen. God is good. All the time. Let me read our verse. 
But I close with every Sunday. Hold on. I want to read it to you out of this Bible. Numbers. <clears throat> chapter 6. You know what I'm going to read? Of course you do. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face towards you. Give you peace. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.